0: child-led learning. It's so easy isn't it when there's a special day or a time of the year to just dress all of our provision around that particular theme. So in this week's podcast I'm going to be talking to you about how you can bring it back to the child, how you can go with their interests but you can still gain that balance of teaching new skills and having an input about something new. So let's get stick in! Hi there! So, my name's Kimberly and I'm founder of Who Go in the Early Years, which is all about supporting you as an early educator to be the very best version of yourself. I like to create training that supports your well-being, your self-care, as well as working on your early years' professional development and knowledge. And today we're going to be following on from last week's episode, which looked at child-led learning at Christmas to consider how we can set up our provision and learning opportunities. Um, in a child-led way to really value their interests and go with it. So I'm going to be sharing some real examples with you today. I was going to look at Christmas, but actually, I'm going to share some recent examples with you from Bonfire Night. So I hope you find it useful. Um, I did share a post about this on Facebook and Instagram this week, and gosh, we have had so many likes and reshares. It's been crazy. So. I'm hoping that if you missed that post or even if you did see it, we can delve into some of the areas that we looked at in the post in a little bit more detail today with you. And as ever, if you're finding this podcast really interesting or you'd recommend it to a friend or a colleague, then please do or write me a review. I had a look at our stats um, earlier this week on how many people are listening to this podcast. And there are so many of you. Gosh, I can't believe it. Um, but I've only got 11 reviews over on iTunes. So it'd be a great help if you could review this podcast for me, honestly. And um, hopefully we can get more people accessing it and taking part in this retraining as a result. So that would be a great big ask for you for this week. Now let's get stuck in. So as I've said when it's a particular time of year whether it be bonfire night, whether it be Christmas, Diwali, it's so easy isn't it to just dress all of our provision around that particular theme. I used to do it in my first year of teaching. I would spend Every evening of my week before planning what would go in the play-doh area, what I would have out as a challenge in my construction area. And I'd be making all the resources, I'd be laminating cards, I'd be taking photographs of challenges, so that then on Friday, when I finished working with the children, I could spend my evening actually setting up all of the provision ready for the following week. Now. When this happens and we put things in there like, I don't know, a firework themed Play-Doh mat or, you know, adding red and yellow cellophane and kitchen roll tubes to the junk modelling table or putting black sugar paper up on the art easel to explore luminous paint colours. We are making every area of our provision dressed so that the children are encouraged to use it in a particular way. And when we're taking this approach to learning each week, it's meant that we are restricting the creativity, we're putting a lid on the way we're expecting the children to learn and think, and it's also exhausting for us. Gosh, I would be so tired by Saturday because I was constantly on this conveyor belt of producing resources and setting areas up. And then Monday would come and I would feel so disheartened when I'd set an area up for the children to learn in and they just didn't use it or work with it in the way I had planned. And so what what I began to feel and think as an educator was that I was restricting the children's creativity, their problem solving and leaving very little room for their child interest to be represented. Because when we're always providing children with the resources, they stop thinking for themselves. For instance, they lose that natural curiosity about how a lollipop stick and a peg can turn into an aeroplane. So instead, I like to provide children with a rich and continuous learning environment full of open-ended play resources. So that they've got things like the loose parts and the blocks and the small world figures. materials and fabrics and books that allow a child to interpret what they've learned in a way that they choose. So for instance if they are learning about bonfire night, I as an educator realize that I need to do an input. I need to give children this knowledge and this support. So I'll start the day with a hook to spark their interest. And then when the children go off into their continuous provision, I'm not going to direct them to all do an activity or pull them away from their play to come and sit at a table with me to do a rocket. Instead, the children have the familiar resources in the provision and they can decide how they want to explore and work with these themselves. So it might be that they decide, do you know what? I went to see the fireworks last night and I'm going to go and work in the paint this morning and be curious about how I can make the shape of the fireworks on my paper. It might be that there's another child that's curious about making a representation of a bonfire over in the malleable area and they know that there's loose parts always available in this area, things like pipe cleaners and matchsticks and beads that they can use to create their bonfire. But the other children that are working in the Play-Doh area are not all making that same bonfire. There might be another child that's making a birthday cake because that's what grabs them. Or another child that's making a pizza. They don't all have to be doing the same thing, but we've set up our learning environment in such a rich and resourceful way that the children are familiar with those everyday opportunities. It allows them to think and plan their learning and be independent with that. They know that they've got choice. And so then what we see is that our careful interactions during this time when children are learning in the continuous provision can support and move the learning on. And that's what's just so wonderful about child-led learning. It means that when we stop and we look around our provision, yes, Some children will have been fascinated in the input that you gave them and will have responded to that in their play, but not everybody's doing it. And we can use our interactions to teach in a way that motivates and excites and gets high levels of engagement with that child and the interest that they've got. So, there you go. That's how I work with my children to support continuous provision, to support child-led learning and you know in there there will be times and there will be opportunities for us to do some discrete teaching of skills like using scissors, maybe using a hole punch but on a day-to-day basis this is how we support and teach for um, festivals, seasons and child-led learning and when we do this It's slowing learning down. It's not rushing through things. It's not having a conveyor belt approach. We're slowing it down and making it relevant. And that's when the magic in early childhood education happens. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Again, I'm just going to send you a little gentle reminder to share it with colleagues. Send me a direct message if you've listened and you've given something a try. And... Write me a review, an honest review. I'd love to know what you think. Okay guys, well it's a rainy cold November day here in Leeds and I'm about to go grab a cup of hot chocolate and work on our Winter got in Early Years magazine, which is going to be jam-packed and um, full of wonderful case studies of settings and childminders that I've worked with over the last year, as well as some lovely seasonal ideas that you can bring into your home and your teaching. Okay, well have a lovely weekend and I will speak to you next week. Bye.